Welcome to the Two Witnesses Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Caleb, journey through the story of the Bible, seeking a better understanding of God's Word and the spiritual war that rages all around us. Hello and welcome to the Two Witnesses Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Michael. And today we're going to be going over Genesis 9. Uh, you got anything you want to say, Michael? Before we jump in? Yep. Before we open. Jump in. Jump in. <laughs> did I really stutter that bad? Yeah, you did. Jump <laughs> in. You said like three years. Jump in. Uh, my brain does that when I start to say something and it's like, wait, no, you need to use a different word. Um, uh, warning. Warning. Nerd session imminent. No. Except, I don't know, maybe some of our listeners would be interested in what we were doing before we actually started getting ready for the podcast. Playing Spider-Man? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Caleb was showing me the, the Spider-Man game on the PS4. Is that right? PS4? No, PS6. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I happened to have gotten a pre-pre-pre-release, you know, before they even made the PlayStation 5. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Because Caleb is just that far ahead of all of you four sods. Absolutely, I am. I'm the best gamer in the world. Okay, PlayStation comes to me and begs me to play their games. Okay, that's how it works. They they pay me to play their games. I don't pay them. <laughs> hmm. I see. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I had personally, I'm more of an Xbox person, but I have many fond memories of playing on my grandpa's PS1. Yep. I still have one of those. They don't even have a tray. You literally click the thing and it opens up like a yeah, like a uh, record player. <laughs> like the record thing, the stick would come up, you put the thing in the track and then push it down. Yep. Um, yep. Ours... Or like a cassette tape, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, a cassette tape. Yeah. Ours had... Uh, ours had issues. It mm. crashed a lot. <laughs> Ours actually didn't. It still works. We have it. Yeah. I think we ended up trading ours in at Trade a Game. Dude, I uh, we used to have that in California. Mm-hmm. I'm so upset that they're not up here. They're in Spokane. Are you serious? Yeah, they're in Spokane. On uh, Sprague, I think. Nice. Okay. Okay, I gotta check or, that out. Or at least they were the last time I was in Spokane, which was... I don't know, six months ago. Okay, I gotta check that out because GameStop is incredibly expensive. And literally, we, okay, when we bought Xbox 360 a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we went up to, um, or no, no, we bought it in a combo pack, mm-hmm. and we bought six games with it. Except we just wanted the Xbox because it was way cheap. It was a really cheap combo, mm-hmm. and like two of the games we wanted to play, but the other four were very inappropriate and just not right. Mm-hmm. So we went. Four games. Each of those games probably cost thirty bucks if we bought them right now. Mm-hmm. So that means we should get one hundred twenty bucks out of that. Mm-hmm. And the guy and none of the seals were broken either. Mm-hmm. So they were brand new. Okay. And we walk up and the guy's like, "Oh, bro, you probably shouldn't just sell it to us because all we're gonna give you for this is five bucks. One hundred twenty dollars worth of video games, and they're giving us five bucks for it. it at least at Play and Trade, we would get another video game in place of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's 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 opposite the uh, the Home Depot. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, um, I mean it is in Spokane, so it's like an hour drive from here. 
<laughs> Still. Were they called play and trade? In yeah. California, In they California. were. Yeah, up, up here it's just called trade a game. <laughs> but same kind of concept. And it's cool. I think it was based on... Uh, I think it was based on, like, rating systems of the games. Yeah. So if I gave in a crappy PlayStation 1 game, I could only get a crappy PlayStation 1 game. Mm -hmm. Or if I put in a really nice PlayStation 2 game, I could get a PlayStation 2 game or lower. Yep. It, yeah, it was cool. Yep. Yep. Actually, a lot of the games that we have actually still have trade game stickers on them. <laughs> because that's where we got a lot of our games. Because mm -hmm. my dad would go to Home Depot a lot. Because uh, he was a uh, a contractor, and so it was literally just across the street. So you and Tom would go hang out over there. Well, it wasn't so much that we go hang out over there. It's that we're stuck in the car with our dad, and we're like, "Hey, Dad, can we go to trade a game?" He's like, "Okay." <laughs> thing is, you know, he, he the funny thing is, he used to go there before me and my brother got older, and then we got older, and he's like, "Nope," and he just didn't want to go there. <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird. Like. My dad used to play first-person shooters. <laughs> like, some of the first-person shooters that we have, uh -huh. like my, one of my brother's favorites, which is Freedom Fighters, our dad bought that and played it. <laughs> when we were, like, five, and five and two, I remember sneaking downstairs once to watch my dad play it. Because it's a teen game, so he didn't want us seeing it. He didn't even want us seeing him play it, basically. <laughs> and... And so I snuck downstairs and watched him play when I was supposed to be in, in bed asleep. Of course, I got caught and sent back up to my room. But <laughs> And then it's like, the only thing he plays now is uh, Spider Solitaire. <laughs> and this has been your weekly nerd news. Tune in next time to listen to Caleb and Michael <clears throat> nerd all over the place. <laughs> Alright, we should probably hop in. Yeah. You want to open us in prayer? Sure. Dear Father, um, Lord God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for church this morning and for the amazing sermon that uh, Pastor Kim provided for us. Um, God, we just want to thank you for all that you've ever done for us, God, just for being our intercessor um, and forgiving us of our sins. God, we just pray that you be with me and Michael as, um, as we go through this podcast and just help us rightly divide your word and just bring thoughts to our heads, point, uh, point things out while we read this that we haven't seen before, God, that we can go to research and provide for our viewers, God. Lord, we pray that you be with our viewers, help them understand um, everything we're saying, and let there be no confusion that people misunderstand what we're saying or um, anything of that sort, God. Um, Lord God, we just love you so much, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. So it's kind of interesting that animals weren't scared of man before the flood. Yeah. Like, they didn't run away. They didn't have that natural fear of man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could literally have deer coming up and eating out of your hand before the flood. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. They, they weren't scared of us. They yeah. didn't run away. Now they have that natural fear. Um, and so we have to overcome that, you know, with farm animals and pets and stuff. But uh, beforehand, you know, everything just did that. Yeah. So what God's done right here basically is... 
tell Noah that uh, you have authority over all of these animals. You are the smartest. You, I've made you in my image. Um, go. They, they, into your they, hand they you delivered. own all of them. <laughs> well, and then, of course, and some people have actually thought that since in this section here, as we're going to see in a couple of verses, uh, we, we are now allowed to eat meat. Some people actually have the theory that prior to this, animals were not carnivorous at all. Yeah. And so that now animals actually eat each other as well as man being able to eat other animals. Yeah. I think we talked about that in the last podcast a little bit. Yeah, I think we did. Because on the ark, how yep. would they have survived if they were right next to each other? Yeah, but it wasn't the last episode. That was two no. episodes again. I... Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That was uh, Genesis 6. I think we talked about that. But yeah. either way, recently, go back and listen to the other episodes and you'll figure out what we're talking about. It's one of those. And if you don't listen to the previous episodes, we're going to hunt you down, okay? And we're going to get you. So you better go listen to those episodes. We'll tie you to a chair, make you, listen, make you listen to them, and then uh, we'll figure out some suitable punishment afterwards. Yeah. We'll cut off your thumbs, as Nathan would say. <laughs> yeah, but first, but first got to gov them a minute. we got to what? Gov them a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun stuff. Let's see. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. Every moving thing that lives. Huh. Everything. Every animal is something we can eat. Yeah. So, um. So, pig isn't unclean as people say they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's an animal God put on the earth. Yep, that tastes mighty fine, and I'm pretty sure it tastes mighty fine for a reason. Mm. Yeah. Bacon is the best thing ever. Okay. Okay. We won't go. And as I and as, <laughs> yeah, sorry. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. So again, just in case people didn't understand, he restates it. You know, just like the green plants are your food, everything, all of the animals are your food now. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Or as it says later, the blood is the life. And for those of you who care, that was quoted in Dracula. The blood is the life. Uh, and for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. Stop! Okay, I want everybody to turn over to Matthew 26.52. Because Jesus basically quotes Genesis in this. He doesn't directly say it, but the same principle applies. So Matthew... Matthew... Could have let me Matthew... Oh, no, I could not. Sorry, I had to stop you right there. Matthew... Matthew. Twenty six fifty two. Matthew. 20. Oh, I had it marked. I'm so dumb. <laughs> I just flipped there. Okay. Um, fifty two. I, I still beat you there. Okay. Uh, what he had. Oh crap! I folded. Oh, gosh dang! I hate when that happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So what he just read was, "Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed." What Jesus says to Peter when he cuts. One of the one of the um the servant of the high priest soldiers no, servant of the high priest servant of the high priest okay. not even a combatant yeah cut his ear off okay Jesus said to him 
Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Yep, pretty much the same thing. So it's basically the same thing. Yeah. God doesn't change. Live by the sword, die by the sword. And here we have this curse, shed the blood of man, and by man your blood shall be shed. Mm -hmm. um, and of course the reason for that is stated in the line that Caleb did not let me finish reading. Oh, sorry. Uh, whoever Stop! Sheds... Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. So because God made man in his image, because he was made in the image of God, anything, any animal or any person that sheds his uh, sheds a person's blood that's that there, there's gonna be a reckoning for that which is different than shedding the blood of animals because that's never shed, said about animals you know the same you know if you shed an animal's blood if you kill an animal then i'm gonna require a reckoning of you no humans are special we're not just animals as the evolutionists would like us to believe in fourth grade we were forced to go into the gym and watch a video, like the whole school, watch a movie about how animals are our brothers and sisters. Literally what they told us. The video directly quoted, your animals, or the animals out there, the tigers, all these animals, they're your brothers and sisters. So take care of them as you, as you would take care of your brother. That's a pretty low standard, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> Sibling dogs. rivalry is yeah, a thing. Yeah, it's so... Oh my gosh, it's so dumb. Uh, the things they're teaching in school now are ridiculous. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. You should be so glad, because I do. <laughs> I'm so glad I never had to deal with that, <laughs> because I was homeschooled. Ha! Yeah. Just don't ask me to make a circle. Just going to go on a rabbit trail real quick. They're teaching kindergartners transgender they have transgender books in kindergarten now and it, it's like yeah uh but but uh but my buddy colton reed at a church he had to go to the principal because he told people about god so first of all second amendment okay first amendment first amendment my bad my second bad. amendment is self-defense first kay. amendment is free speech free speech okay freedom of speech that means i don't care what my school tells me they are they are going against the law if they tell me that I can't tell people about God. Just because they're going to get offended. Okay? Not only that, if they have a problem with people sharing their beliefs, then why are they teaching kindergartners, influencing them when their parents probably or may not want them to know about it? Why are they teaching kindergartners the belief that transgender is okay and natural? Hypocrites. I can do anything I want, but if you do something that bothers me, then it's wrong. It's situational ethics. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And I can do whatever makes me feel good. But if something makes me feel bad, then it's bad. Yeah. Also, I've been taught since seventh grade. I'm a freshman right now. I've been taught evolution three times over. They just keep teaching it to me. Mm -hmm. As if it's just straight up truth. It's not. It's a belief system, and if you have a problem with me telling people about God, then stop telling people about evolution. I'm not going to tell you to stop telling people about evolution because of the First Amendment. 
But in the same way, I'm not going to tell you to stop. You need to not tell me to stop because of First Amendment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, what applies to them doesn't apply to us. What apply, And what applies to us doesn't apply to them. Yeah. But that's just how they work. It is the world we live in. Sad, sadly. But, the world hates the light and loves darkness. But, look at this. You compare us and our time to some of the stuff that goes on in the in back in the Bible times, or even today in places like the Middle East. You know, fiery furnace. You know, I mean, can you imagine someone basically going, okay? You're going to believe in evolution, or we're going to throw you in the incinerator. Yeah, true. You know, so we have it easy. It's going to get that that it, way at some point. It probably is. It it almost certainly is. No, not almost certainly. It certainly is because mark of the beast. You yes. don't accept the mark of the beast, you will die. Yep, that or is you true. You will be tortured. That is true. Yeah. It, it is going. It is going to get to some version of that. Yeah. At some point, even here in America, mm-hmm. but. We're not there yet. And the things that we complain about are relatively minor. Yeah. Even just yeah. compared to some of the things that our brothers and sisters in China and the Middle East are going through. Yeah. You know? And so we are very blessed here. Mm-hmm. We got to remember that. Yeah. You know? I know. Uh, let's see. Where was I? Oh, yeah. The blessing. And you. Which, by the way, that you is plural. All of you, be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. So, once again, we have that blessing repeated from uh, earlier in Genesis. Genesis 128. 128? Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Very good. It's in my uh, side note, don't, or my footnote. Don't worry, guys. I'm not a genius. It's, you just happen to have a verse reference. I just happen to have a verse reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and those, by the way, those verse references are not in there for no purpose. You know, the translators and the people who made your Bibles did not go, oh, look, we have all this blank space here. What are we going to put here? Uh, let's stick verse references. <laughs> uh, they didn't just put them in there because they felt like it, you know, because they wanted to fill space. I mean, they could have. <laughs> yeah, why would they be putting the yeah, verse? I'm kidding. Word? It's more work, you yeah. know? And so they put them in there because... You know, it's important to see what they're calling back to and what they're referencing back to. But yeah, he's he repeats the promise from uh, earlier Genesis one twenty eight, like Caleb said, and this time to Noah and his sons because. Hold on again, a second. I want to compare the two. Go for it. Genesis one twenty eight. He also said it. They also say it in chapter four. No, 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 that's not right. They also say it in. No, I'm wrong. Um, 128. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So basically what he did with Noah is the exact same thing he did with Adam. Mm-hmm. He gave Adam authority over all living things. Mm-hmm. And then told him to be fruitful and, and multiply. And told him to be fruitful and multiply. That's exactly what he did with Noah, because he had to redo the whole thing. Because of sinful it, it was, generations. It's like when you reboot a computer. You know, it has to go through the whole startup process again and display, displays all that, all those lines of text. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you got to do it all over again. Uh, so let's see. Verse 8. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, 
So Noah's sons are included in this. Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So, God promising to, literally to everything that was living on the earth of that time, that he's never going to destroy the earth again, which we saw back in chapter 8, where yes. God said just to himself that he would never again destroy the earth. I want to go into something real quick. Mm -hmm. So... This whole thing, the promise and everything, this is the end of the flood. Right. Okay. So, this doesn't really apply much, but I thought it was interesting, and it was kind of a fun brain teaser to go through. Um, for those of you who care, uh, I did a timeline back from uh, the birth of Adam all the way up to the beginning of the flood. Um, back in, if you look back at chapter 5... Um, gives the genealogy of Adam. Basically, what I did is it says when they have the son, it is, it's the genealogy of Adam going to Noah. Yep. So, basically, it's, it says that he had a son, Seth, in his 103rd uh, year of his life. Then Seth, on his 105th year of his life, had this son. So, basically, what you have to do, because it, it repeats that pattern. Every time it names the son, it names the... the the year that that son had his son. And then it just repeats that. So, basically, what I did was take the, um, the, all of those years when they had the son, mm -hmm. and added them together. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I added in chapter 7, it says, that Noah was 600 years old when he Noah was 600 on the 600th year, second month, and 17th day of the month in Noah's life. So then I added that to it, totaled together from the birth of Adam all the way up to the beginning of the flood. I got um, 1,656 years, two months, and 17 days. And you know what I find funny? What? So... When we get to uh, when we get to Jesus, we're gonna find like I don't know the exact timeline, so I don't know the exact numbers. Like you just found found sixteen hundred fifty nine, so I don't know the exact numbers. But I mean that's roughly two thousand years right there, <laughs> and I also know that it is roughly two thousand years from the flood to Jesus Christ. 2,000 years from now to Jesus Christ. And 2,000 years from now to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Roughly. Um, and so... Uh, but the thing I just find interesting is that you had... Adam. Almost 2,000 years. Flood. Almost 2,000 years. Jesus Christ. So... It's just kind of funny that it was kind of broken up into these 2,000-year segments, roughly. Yeah. I just found that interesting. Okay. I'm going to continue reading. We are on verse 12. Verse 12. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. 
When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Um, so I know you want to go into like kind of science behind rainbows. Yes. But before you go there, I wanted to kind of talk about something that I find interesting. Okay. So the bow was a weapon of war. Yes. Right. Okay. So basically, God is basically saying, "Okay, I'm hanging up my bow. I'm hanging it up, and I'm not going to take it down again." And every time the clouds come, you're going to see that rainbow, and you're know that you're going to know that my my bow is still hanging on the wall. Because I mean, like anyone who remembered the flood, every time the storm clouds came, they'd be like, "Oh crud, is it going to flood again?" But with the rainbow there, they know, nope, the promise is still there. This isn't going to flood the entire earth. Yeah. I just kind of find that interesting. I just kind of find that cool that like he's. The bow itself is symbolic of him hanging up like an actual physical weapon. And that yeah. he's not going to go to war in that way again. He's coming with a sword, though. Yes, he is. He's <laughs> going with a sword, but not with a bow. Yep. The Antichrist has the bow. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, the Antichrist is going to flood us. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, okay. So... Right there, it's talking about God's promise is the rainbow. And that does not happen until the skies have cleared. Okay? the It's dissipated. And um, so what's interesting is a rainbow, in a rainbow, is that basically a rainbow works. Um, this is a very, very oversimplified version, but I may butcher it or anything. <laughs> but um, so basically the sunlight enters water droplets. Mm-hmm. And refracts the light um, out the other side and it's reflected as a rainbow. So basically we perceive that as a rainbow. I'm just Okay. Um, basically we, we perceive that light through the, the water droplets as a rainbow. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing though is the way that God used science to work this all out. Because if you go back to chapter 2 of Genesis, verse... Um, Five, before any plane of the field was in the earth, and before... Uh, no, 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 no. Skip a little bit down. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. Now, mist is water vapors. It's not necessarily droplets. Right. So, um... The mist wouldn't have created a rainbow. The, the mist way. couldn't have created a rainbow um, the way that it does now. So, it had never rained before, which means that there was no way for there to be... A rainbow, mm-hmm. because it needs rain. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so it's not like it's, God's creating something new scientifically. It's just that He simply ensured that the situation which would create a rainbow never occurred until after the flood. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. He used yeah. the science behind it, which that's an example that it doesn't. That, that's a way to show that science doesn't disprove God; it more proves Him. Because mm-hmm. whatever they can find. In science, mm-hmm. it does not disprove. It does not disprove the how, but it dis. But it proves the. Um, no, it it does not disprove the why, but it it proves the how. 
Right. So how God did it, this is how he did it. But it, but no matter what they say, just because they can figure out the how, they're answering the wrong question and saying that that disproves the why. Because you've answered the how, it means that obviously there can't be a why. Yeah, but there is a why, mm-hmm. and God's the why. But that just is an example that science can prove God because they can go back, figure because they, they figured out how rainbows work, mm-hmm. and... The Bible says that it did not. It, it, it requires rain, and the Bible said it did not did not rain up until the flood. Yep. So, um, one. It, I mean, so basically, what you're talking about is how uh, scientists have what you might call de-supernaturalized our world. You know, because I mean, it used to be, you know, you you'd hear a clap of thunder, you know, and that was voice of God. Yeah. Pretty much, you know. Now, thunderclap. Oh, must be a storm. Yeah. You no, know, because we know what. How lightning is created. We know how lightning works. We know that that creates thunder. And but therefore, then again, we're looking at the how and not the why. Right. Why is it happening, not how right. is it happening. But but here's the thing. Okay, so so there's this worldview that we have. I mean, we Americans, we have it. With we, we don't even think about it, even as Christians. You know. Yeah. Um, where we explain something and then oh that takes God out of it basically. Okay, so like, say we get a cold, right? So I got this cool story. So there's this guy, right? He was a uh, a missionary in uh, Indonesia and I was reading a book by his and he was telling a a book by him and he was telling this story about how so uh, he was at this it was like school basically and the natives they come into him and they'd be like it'd be the middle of the night right they're like you know you got to come quickly quickly you know we we got this guy and he's sick and etc 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 and he'd show up and the guy has a cold or a fever or something like that and it's, it's basically a take two of these and call me in the morning situation, right? Yeah. You know, because we understand disease, right? So we know how to, how to deal with it. Well, he found out later that he was considered to be a very, uh, faithless, a very, like a person of very little faith in that community, because after he left the, everyone in the school, but him would just start praying over that guy because they had this view. They had that view that, disease has a supernatural and spiritual aspect because they're looking at the why and we're looking at the how exactly and another example was same guy he was praying with this group of uh, indonesians right and all of a sudden clear blue sky (laughs) crack of thunder everyone else in the room stands up stops praying they're done god's answered the prayer he's given his answer him he's still praying because We've explained thunder, and so yeah. therefore God can't use that anymore. Yeah, because in our perspective, because it's we've taken God out of it. Mm-hmm. It's natural. Yeah. So <clears throat> any theory that a scientist can ever come up with, ever come up with, mm-hmm. Big Bang, uh, string theory, anything like that, mm-hmm. anything they can ever come up with, even if they a hundred percent prove it, that mm-hmm. that's how the universe came to be listen to my sentence that i just said that's how the universe came to be how how they can prove how it happened but no matter what because they can't see spiritual things nor can we we can't physically see mm-hmm. them yeah they cannot see why that thing did what it did exactly yeah that would be like me um that would be like uh me picking up this pencil mm-hmm. okay a scientist uh, Let's say we're looking at perspective, then looking at the how, 
me looking at the Y, or you looking at the Y, mm -hmm. okay? A scientist would say, this got picked up because the muscles inside, or my brain sent it to my arm, sent the message to my arm to reach, open my fingers, pick up the pencil, and the muscles contracted to lift the pencil up, okay? You would be looking at, I picked up the pencil to write in my journal. Mm -hmm. Or, here, here's another example. Okay, so, say, or is it, See, because science can only explore this, the natural world. Yeah. Science only pertains to the natural world. So it cannot and, touch and the supernatural. we're saying it's spiritual. It's supernatural. We're not telling it's, them it's physical. Well, the thing is, is science only applies to the natural. It cannot apply to the supernatural because yeah. by nature, supernatural is beyond Because it's literally natural. everything. It's, you can it's do beyond anything nature. with spiritual. Like, well, I mean, spiritual, spiritually, okay. anything can be possible. Okay, so let's say that you have a box, right? Yeah. And you're inside this box. Yep. Okay? Now, you can only know things inside the box. Inside the box. Okay? Now, if something outside the box hits the box, okay, the box will shake. Yep. Now, you can come up with all kinds of reasons for why the box is shaking, but the fact is, is there's something outside the box that's affecting it. Yeah. Or you can see that... The box got shaken, mm -hmm. but you can't see why the thing shook the box. Yeah, you can't see what <laughs> shook it or why it did it. Yeah. And so it, it's literally physically impossible to mm -hmm. explain, or to try to disprove God. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think they come up uh, with another... all these theories, but it, once again, sorry, I've stressed this point multiple times, it proves the wrong question. They need to look at the why, and you can mm -hmm. only look at the why if you look at it spiritually, and if mm -hmm. you look at it spiritually, then you're a Christian. Okay, so you can't here, look here, at it if you're an atheist and you look at it spiritually. You're not gonna get it because they they don't want to look at it spiritually. Here, here would be another good example. Okay. They don't believe it. So, say we're in a room, right? And there's a light in the room, and the light switch is outside the room. Yep. Now, if someone flips that light switch and turns on the light, we can go into all kinds of scientific explanations as to why and how the light came on. You know, but the fact remains that someone outside the room flipped the switch yeah you know we we can go into like oh the lights came on because the switch got flipped you know and it caused the electrical current to run down the wires and all of this but the fact remained fact remains somebody flipped the switch mm -hmm. you know some conscious being yeah. flipped that switch i think we've stressed our point enough <laughs> I'm just trying to think of better analogies. Actually, flipping the switch is actually a very good analogy because you can look at the electrical circuit. If you confine yourself just to the electrical circuit, you can go, okay, the circuit closed. But there's something outside of that circuit, completely outside of the system of that circuit that closed the switch. Okay, I have a better one. Mm -hmm. This is the last time, guys, because we've gone into like five analogies of the exact same thing. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. This one's more creative, like creator-wise. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the Bible. No, no, not the Bible. Let's let's use uh let's use your phone. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know that somebody created that phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Now this is the whole atheist versus Christian thing. I don't have to know that that I don't have to know the creator to know that that phone was created. Right. These phones don't create themselves. You you can just see it from the complexity. But to compare this to what we're looking at now, I can find how that phone works, 
I can go into all science of how the phone works, but that does not disprove the fact that somebody made the phone. And that's how illogical atheism is. Mm-hmm. Because they can find how the world works, they can find how it was created mm-hmm. and everything. They mm-hmm. can find all of this stuff, because yes, it is po- all their theories could be possible, mm-hmm. but like just like the phone, just because I know how it works doesn't mean something didn't create it. Mm-hmm. The same and way, they know how the Earth works, so that means that it wasn't created. Like, there's no, a, it's completely illogical. And here's another thing. It's like insane uh, illogical. Here, here's another thing, too. Um, ju- you can study everything about that phone, but that will never tell you who created it. Yeah. But if the creator left a message on the phone... There's a good one. If you left you a text message or something. Exactly. Yeah. On the phone. And, and all you, you have to look do is open thing, it. And you can see the, who the creator is. Exactly. And that's exactly what he did. Yep. Not exactly. Like that, if you compare that to knowing, to figuring out the stuff in the phone, okay, mm-hmm. you can know, you can come to know the creator. So, like, you can look at... Um, various styles that they created and know, kind of know somewhat about them and, and mm-hmm. know that there was a thing because, or that there was a creator because of the detail. Mm-hmm. Just like right now I can look up at the stars and I can see that something created those because, because it, here's something, a scientific fact, it is a scientific fact that all things lead to destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is a scientific proven fact. Mm-hmm. By the way, that goes with the Bible. Once the fall happened, the Bible says all things started leading towards destruction. Mm-hmm. So that also proves the Bible. Yep. Okay, um, it is a proven fact that all things lead to destruction. Same, and those scientists that are telling me that are also saying that an explosion happened and things led to order. Mm-hmm. It's not how things yeah. work. In, in it's one for, or the other. And right now, you can look at everything and see that things are leading to destruction. Yeah, everything and gets not worse. To order. Everything Every- gets worse. And yet- if not by a designer. See, I can build stuff, naturally things get worse. Which would mean that if you look at creation, which is natural, mm-hmm. it has to get worse. Mm-hmm. Unless we are actively imposing... Unless, unless, unless an intelligent designer is actively imposing order on the universe, exactly, it gets worse. Yeah. If, if we are cleaning our house, if we are building something, then things get better. Yeah. But as soon as we stop, things start breaking down. But here's the thing, even while we're building... Things are breaking down. Yeah. Even while you're building your house, the wood you're building your house out of is decomposing. Yeah. No, no, no. That's my point, though. So if if you look at everything, everything led to order. Or, I mean, um, there's order mm-hmm. now, right? Yep. Um, ecosystems, stuff like that. Everything's, everything's, God's worked everything out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if everything's in order, but they're leading to destruction. Um, let's see. Let me gather my thoughts. Um, if everything came to be in order, and the only and but if you look at right now, all things are leading to destruction. Mm-hmm. The only way to bring order is through us designing and creating things. Yep, that's the only way things move up and not down. Mm-hmm. Is us or beings creating stuff mm-hmm. through a brain, through intent through um, intelligence. Intelligence. There you go. So that would mean that since things led to order, in the same way that right now when things are leading to destruction, 
things are led to order. When somebody creates something, things led to order mm-hmm. when things should be leading to destruction. That would mean that something created those, built those things up. Mm-hmm. That's why it led to order. Yep. Proves God right there, logically. Yep. <laughs> but they don't want to hear that. Yeah, they don't. They Doesn't matter don't. what they hear, they're not going to believe it. Unless... It's funny. It's funny. Um, in uh, uh, all the gospels, mm-hmm. when the Pharisees and stuff, the Pharisees and stuff didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God mm-hmm. because they were unbelievers. Mm-hmm. They constantly asked him, "Show me this. Show me that, and I'll believe you." Mm-hmm. You can talk to an atheist and give them 100% of the proof that they need. Mm-hmm. They will never believe you. Yep. Yep. Which is why. Jesus didn't answer their question. Didn't answer them when he was being beaten yep. by the Pharisees. Yep. He was being mocked and scorned and stuff. He didn't. He didn't answer their questions. Join us next time for the second half of the two witnesses. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast, and we pray that God has used this to touch you in some way. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue our journey through the Bible.